welcome to the Wedding People podcast, hosted by Rihanna Elizabeth and Rebecca Brennan-Brown. On this podcast, you'll find Rihanna and I chatting through tips and tricks on how to not get stressed at your wedding, how to make your pounds go further, and generally just all things wedding. In this podcast, we may say the odd naughty word, so if you don't want to hear us dropping the F-bomb and you have tiny little ears around, we suggest that you listen to us later. We really want this podcast to be as interactive as possible, so do get in touch with us at theweddingpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. What would you like to talk about today, Rihanna? I think it's about time we had another High Five Fridays, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. It's really annoying that we called this High Five Fridays, considering we post our podcast on Wednesdays. I know that doesn't rhyme. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to have a bit of, you know, break in tradition, right? Because yeah, we release them fortnightly on a Wednesday, but then it's like, ooh, it's just coming on a Friday, which is like shaking things <laughs> up a little bit, no? Because we're edgy. Because <laughs> we're edgy. <laughs> so for those who haven't listened to our last High Five Fridays, it is basically a list of five things that we have found cool or interesting or something that we love. Yes, it could be an item, it could be a supplier, it could be a venue... It could be a restaurant, it could be anything. It could be anything that we think is suitable within the wedding industry in some way. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You go first, Bex, you kick it off. Okay, my first one, controversial, is white bridesmaid dresses. Oh, this is something, oh, okay. I think the most popular one recently has been Billy Fair's wedding. She had her sister in a white dress and I was watching that episode of Mummy Diaries the other day and... Then I kept seeing pictures of white bridesmaid dresses and I'm literally obsessed with it. Like, I think it looks mm. so cool. I know people are like, it's, it's a very much like, you either love it or you hate it. But I'm obsessed with it. I think it looks wicked. And I don't think that you remotely pose a threat to like looking like the bride because a wedding dress is very different to a white dress. Yeah. We mentioned this b- before, we've touched on it before, um, I think when we, when we talked about bridesmaids in our bridesmaids episode, but I think it's a very clean and stylish look. A lot of people, I think what it comes down is to confidence. And I think if a bride is confident, then they won't care what everybody else is in. And I think mm. that's the way it should be. A bride should feel like they are a million dollars, regardless of what everybody else is wearing around them. Mm. And I saw an article on Daily Mail, which I'm actually looking at right now, because this morning there was an article that says, woman is slammed online for wearing a white fishtail dress to her son's wedding. And she's got on a ball gown style fishtail dress. And it it looks very bridal and quite similar to the bride's dress itself. Yeah, I saw that too. And I'm drawing the line at that. Oh yeah, I was going to say, bridesmaids, fine, because that's selected by you. We don't know though, that bride might have said, mm. I want you in the white dress. We don't know scenarios and situations, but I think if my mother-in-law rocked up in a white dress, it would be like monster-in-law moment, Jennifer Lopez and Jane Fonda. <laughs> <laughs> that particular one that you're looking at, is that that looks like a wedding dress, though. The dress that the it mum's does. in looks it like does. a wedding dress. The bridesmaids' dresses don't tend to look bridal, do they? They look, no. they look more fun, flirty, usually. Yeah, but I love it. I like it. I think it's a nice look. It looks very universal, very sleek. Next, I'm going to go with pan and ice. Pan and ice. P-A-N-N-I-C-E. Pan and ice. Get it? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, thank you for your very thorough explanation. (laughs) 
I experienced the Pan and Ice team at an event at Tower of London that was put on by the incredible caterer Urban Caprice. And they basically have a little stall and they do the ice cream scraping on the frozen... I'm definitely not describing this in the correct way. Do you know what I mean? They do the, the... you see it being done, they get it. the ice cream, they pour it on there, it freezes and then they kind of scrape it into like swirls and then they put it in a little cup and then off you go with your with your mm. little ice cream. And I love how quirky they are, I love the flavours that they do, I love the whole kind of setup. It feels very kind of street, it's a street food kind of thing. They can do it for weddings and events and I mm. just think they're great, I just love them. They started off doing all the festivals um, and now they have like their own little bicycle and parlours that they do. I love it. I think they're really good. Check them out online and Instagram. Very cool. Yeah. My next one is Elmley Nature Reserve. It is oh. in Kent. Have you seen this before? No. Mate, I'm obsessed. Actually <laughs> obsessed. It's Mate. a joke. Like, honestly. Okay. So, basically, it's a barn, but it's set in, like, 330 acres of land on the Isle of Sheppey. Okay. Mm. And it's just beautiful. Like, it's an actual nature reserve. And you get exclusive hire. It's kind of quite moody, I would say. But I think the barn itself is quite dark. But, like, it's so beautiful. Like, dark in a really cool way. I'm going to have a look now, now that you've said this, because I'm intrigued. And they've got, like, accommodation on site and stuff. I think it's little shepherd's huts. And Oh, cute. I like it. It's it's really nice. They're Elmley Nature on Instagram. Hmm. Oh, it's very, oh, it's very nice. Yeah. It's just very, like, natural. And I think 150 people is their max capacity seated. So it's not, it's not, like, huge, kind of tons Mm. of people. But that's still quite a lot of people. It's stunning. Wow. It's, like, just so secluded. It's kind of, it's like it's your own little escape. And you can get some incredible shots in those fields. They're beautiful. And with the yeah. sun, with the sunset, oh, I like it a lot. Yeah. So that's on my uh, wedding list. Fraser approved it. Okay, so. good. Good. Great. Good to know. Next. My next one is uh, Rosalind Miller Cakes. I have worked with Rosalind Miller a couple of years ago. She provided a stunning peony petal um, wedding cake for my client. And... I just love Rosalind Miller. I would put her in the luxury category. She provides the most stunning, like, sugar work I've ever seen. It's beautiful. But she also does a kind of ready-to-order luxury cake and confections. So if you're looking for something that's luxurious but yet affordable, what we would call affordable luxury, um, Rosalind Miller can also provide that. She provided cakes for, or provides cakes for Harrods. And started off at a market store in Greenwich and has built her empire from there. So she was providing like little cupcakes that were decorated really beautifully and then everyone was like, oh my God, have you have you been to the, the cupcake store? Have you seen this? And then she was known for that and then has mm. kind of expanded and now her and her daughter Yasmin, who is just lovely, just have the most incredible, incredible personal kind of experience and we had a great tasting with them. So I definitely think if you have budget for a great cake, Rosalind Miller, just I love the way that they work and I love what they provide. Last. Number five now. Yeah. My last one is you, Rihanna Elizabeth, I didn't come in. <laughs> because <laughs> I think we're very good at not making this podcast self-promotion, considering <laughs> we're both wedding planners. 
and we're both freelance wedding planners. We work for ourselves, so I'm not giving you self-promotion. I'm giving you promotion. Oh, Rebecca Brennan Brown. <laughs> Stop it. So my last high five Friday is Rihanna. Get to plan your wedding. Oh, no. See, we always usually share who we're going to talk about in our high five Fridays. And Rebecca was like, don't tell me and I'm not going to tell you. And you did that on purpose, you cheeky little thing. <laughs> I did. But well, you're aww. very good at your job and you're a freelance wedding planner, so people should book you. Oh, well, right back at you, <laughs> events and weddings by Rebecca Brennan Brown. Little bit of promotion. That's really yeah. sweet of you. And you are equally as bloody fantastic. So everyone should go to Rebecca. We will fight to the death for our clients. <laughs> <laughs> Could you Thanks, imagine? Ah, <laughs> oh, that's nice. There you go. High five Fridays. High five Fridays done. <laughs> Shall we go on to a Q&A now? Let's go on to a Q&A. So first one. I'm an October 2020 bride. Mm-hmm. What colours would you choose? What would you choose? Well, I'm a 2020 bride and I keep changing my mind because my job makes it impossible for me to make decisions. But everyone thinks October and they usually go warm. You know, you can get like the rich burgundies and the burnt oranges, which can look really gorgeous. Mm. And because October can be quite cold, I would tend to avoid the kind of blues and the, the whites and go for something that will, will like warm up the atmosphere by, by using those kind of warmer tones. Yeah, I completely agree. And my go-to would be the burnt orange, but I'm oh, kind of obsessed it. with it anyway. Yeah. So anytime I get an October event, it's my first suggestion, that burnt, burnt orangey, mustardy kind of colour. Mm, it's, it's a really gorgeous colour. And it does work oh, very oh. nicely with, with other colours, like such as teal or, mm. like again, burgundy. But... You don't even have to have it in your flowers. You can have it in, you know, the, the, like glassware now. There's some beautiful coloured glassware. So you could just have a kind of like a, a burnt orange coloured um, goblet on the table for, for water. And that will completely change the look of, of your dining table. Yeah, completely. And I think, the, you know, there's, um, I don't know if we've put a picture on Instagram yet or if we're going to, but the dried flowers that Elise did for me last week... The colours in dried flowers are perfect for that time of year. Right. Like the kind of like browns and the that kind of mustard and burnt orange and like loads of soft natural tones, I think are like ideal for that. Well, while you're on the subject of that, I'm going to stop you now so we can look into this in more detail. I shared a post on Instagram um, around four days ago. Rebecca has created the most beautiful tablescapes with hedges and flowers at least from hedges and flowers go and have a look um at the first one that we put on the instagram using those kind of warm tones which are perfect if you're getting married around kind of winter time autumn winter time Mm. really really well done because it's so beautiful rebecca i'm going to clap Thanks, friend. You're oh, welcome. Right. I'm really proud of it. I'm Look so at, proud of that. You should be proud. And I mean, a little sneak peek. There's going to be a pink one, right? Mm-hmm. A pink, yeah. a pink inspired um, color palette, and also a more organic kind mm-hmm. of um, green using natural florals, yeah. like woodland florals. Oh my gosh, 
really worked hard and I think it's really come across so well done to thank you you. I did work very hard and I'm obsessed with the color palette of the dried flowered ones and like you just said I used a darker color grass to just lift the colors up flowers dried flowers are becoming increasingly increasingly popular and I think that was stemmed from the pampas grass phase and now everyone likes that kind of dried look which I think is beautiful We've spoken about this on the podcast before. It was one of in one of our very first episodes because I was in Scotland when we recorded it and I was like, nah, dry flowers, no thank you. But, oh my God, obsessed. It's, it's, it's really lovely. I, I love the look it gives. It gives that kind of rustic look. Yeah. But, but still very, very stylish. Yeah, agreed. Next one. My fiancé and I have discussed the possibility of eloping. I'm worried about the response of our families. We did a quick guest list. And we're already at 200. We both have a lot of family and friends. Have you got any advice? I'm contemplating eloping. <laughs> I never would. just like the idea of it. There's a lot that I'm seeing in regards to like elopement shoots um, on, on blogs like Rock My Wedding and The Knot. It's mm. quite popular. That, so a couple will kind of swanny off to a beautiful destination and then they'll just have a smaller party back at home, just like just a reception party with like a DJ and maybe a buffet it's a lot more yeah. cost effective and it lets you kind of have that intimate um, moment with you and your, your husband or wife to be mm. without all the fuss of everyone around you. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think that it's one of those situations where you've kind of got to be selfish. Like, can you elope and then have a party instead? I think that's quite a nice. Like, if you really feel like you have to do something with all your family and friends and that sort of thing... Yeah. ...then can you do a party? Of course. For everyone to be there. That would be much cheaper. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair, we're assuming this is about money. It's it's what it always comes down to. And I think you can go... I was having this conversation with the car salesman, actually, because I brought a car yesterday. And he told me that he got married in Aruba with his wife... And they had a very small group with them and it was around £12,000. And then they come home and had a big old knees up in like a restaurant or bar or kind of thing with with, with everyone else. Yeah. And you end up spending, I mean, obviously £12,000 sounds like a lot of money for a small wedding in Aruba, but they all went off on their honeymoon straight after that. Mm. So they kind of did everything like that abroad in beautiful locations and then yeah. had a big old knees up back at home. You know, yeah. it, it work, it's got to work for the both of you and it's also got to work with your budget. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oliver would definitely do that. Oliver would definitely go away abroad, get married and then have a, a big old knees up over here. Yeah, Fraser would too. But sorry, friend, it's not happening. Mm. <laughs> Obviously, we're, I'm, we're doing things that we both like together, but I, I mean, I could get married away but I just want everyone around that's just how I visioned getting married yeah yeah no I agree Mm. I'm so torn with that because I showed like preparing Fraser early you see I showed him two pictures the other day one was like of a wedding in um, Italy and the other was of a wedding in a forest and I was like pick one one you can do here and we can have everyone here Mm. the other we can't have everyone there and he picked the Italy one 
and was like, oh, it's going to be cold and damp if you do it in a forest. I want a forest wedding where everyone can be there. Yeah. And we're going to have to get married in Italy. I'm such a spoiled child. so spoiled. I could, but I can so see you getting married outside with like fairy lights and yep. basically what my friend Holly's wedding in um, July, which is being organised well and designed by Italian Eye, is it kind of style that I can see you going for, like outdoors, mm-hmm. natural, organic. Yep, all over. Very that. you, very you. Have we helped this person or have we moved? Probably not. We've probably gone off on a tangent like we always do, but I hope you found it enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> I think the moral of the story is, well, my moral of the story is, if you want to elope, elope. Yes. And it's up to you. It's your decision. And if you're, your family and friends should be reasonable enough to understand that. Yeah. For sure. Um, what's the best way to plan a seating chart? Now, Ooh. this came up because I saw on Facebook or Twitter or something someone who had stuck all those little tiny post-it notes around like cut-out circles that had everyone's name on it. I'm like, fair enough if that works for you. But I looked at that and went, fuck that. That looks like absolute chaos. I think that would just be such hard work. Yeah. I I, I think it really depends on what you want to see visually because nobody is ever going to be universal in the way that they work. So mm. some people like to write things down in list form. Some people like to do diagrams. Some people like charts. Yeah. I haven't got to that stage yet. And it will be interesting for us to do. We'll do a whole episode on seating plan. But I think it needs to be, obviously, if you're having rounds or if you're having banquet, that's going to have a large effect on where people are sitting. Um, But I would look at your guest list and figure out how you feel people should be placed. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of having a singles table, you know, like the individuals that come. I think put them on a table with people who are quite um, welcoming and opening and talkative um mm-hmm. you don't want to sit them next to someone who's quite shy like think of things that way so kind of group people mix couples around but i'm not a fan of oh so and so sitting there and so and so sitting there so i don't like pe- couples being split up i think that's a bit, no, I don't bit like silly yeah just because you're like oh that's that person gets along with so and so no just put couples together they like to be together at weddings yeah i think you've just got to look at it how it would work best for you some like you said some people like that post-it note idea yeah, yeah, which is which is fair enough. But mm. I'm 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 just more of a spreadsheet gal. Yeah, I'm so fun. Um, there are tons of websites as well that will plan it for you. Like I'm just looking now. There's one called Top Table Planner. There's one called Hitched. I've got one. Wedding Wire. I've got one. Like all the all the like normal places that you would go to find them. And I've used them for years. Mm. And that like that's my preferred method. But you're right. If some people are like more creative and would rather have a better um, visual and like do it with the hands and yeah maybe that's the best best way how do you calculate how much alcohol to buy i'm mm. gonna outright say never know the answer to this question i don't think there is an answer i think if you've got a caterer which you more than likely do have in some form ask them for their advice yeah, but 100%. if you're trying to work it out yourself usually um you allow for half a bottle per person over dinner over dinner Mm. and regarding um glasses like champagne or prosecco bubbles two and a half glasses a person Mm. and it's just so hard to work out though because like 
if your friends are big wine drinkers then you might need more than that but if your friends are way more likely to grab a gin and tonic over a bottle of wine yeah then that's obviously going to sway the number so it's really really hard to work out but definitely asking caterers is the best best start and they'll always have on site like if you're running out of alcohol if you're a caterer and you're running out of alcohol you're probably not a very good caterer yeah they always have backup if you're bringing your own wine it can sometimes be best to ask the caterer to bring their kind of starting level wine in stock with them just in case you run out because if you run out of wine you can literally say can you grab a bottle of of that white wine tends to go quicker than red because it's easier to drink and it's lighter um, and it's more refreshing so people tend to drink red slower so you usually have probably less red than you do white so you allow for more white but again if you have people who love red wine always have around 10 extra bottles i would say on top of the number that you're always recommended yeah and i think another good tip is to probably try and find a supplier who offers sale and return which means that you can like buy extra and then if there's like 20 percent left over normally it's 20 percent, you can return that much of it if it doesn't get drunk it just gives you that bit of flexibility to buy over and make sure you do buy over because i've had events where we've gone we've like completely demolished my like extra allowance yeah i think how many glasses can you get into uh, a bottle of prosecco or champagne is five. it six? Oh, five. Mm, i do it on five anyway so if you're looking at two and a half glasses per person roughly taking into consideration welcome drink maybe toast you're looking at every two one bottle per two people so if you've got 120 guests, you want 60 bottles of bubbles. And same with wine, you get like five glasses yeah. of wine. Yeah. But again, if you work it out on half a bottle each, yeah. again, you're just 120, you've got 60 bottles. So yeah. I think that's kind of the average, like the best way that you could look at it. Yeah. And then get that number and add on 10 of each thing, yeah. just to be safe. And sale on return, just be careful that sometimes they ask for a minimum amount to be sent back to you sent back to them so if you have it's always worth just asking for their requirements for returning before Mm -hmm. before you confirm your order yeah agreed is it okay to not do a first dance you doing a first dance Uh, yes are you going to do a choreographed first dance is that the word choreographed um (laughs) can you believe it um right no, because Oliver would rather stick pins in his eyes than do a choreographed dance. In my head, we would be Johnny and Baby from Dirty Dancing and do some fantastic dance. But no, we've got something quite chilled and, and laid back for our, for our first dance, something we both like. And it would just be a kind of very short me and him at the beginning and then we're going to bring everybody else on to join us because it's not a really for him to, to do that kind of centre of attention. Yeah. Yeah. But it's I was going to say, how does he feel about doing it full stop? Mm, he would probably I can't wait like for Oliver to, to go on it. podcast. Uh, <laughs> I know, he can give you all of this stuff properly. But I've just did a, did a beautiful wedding in Paris and the um, bride and groom, were um, she came out in a beautiful kind of Gatsby 20s flapper dress and they did the cutest dance together. Um, mm. And she also had a little bit of a choreograph routine with her dad for her father-daughter dance, which was really sweet. So it really depends on what you want, really, yeah. as a couple. I'm saying, nah, don't do it, don't bother. 
Are you not going to have a first dance? No. Yes, so you awkward. are. Are you going to do something to something like Madness or something? Oh, no, we picked a song. We did pick a song, yeah. But Which song was it? That obviously um, it's we won't... called Something Like Happiness by the Maccabees. Right. Oh, okay, um, fine. No, it's so awkward. It fills me with dread. And I think if something fills you with dread, then you probably shouldn't do it. Like, it gives me anxiety just thinking about it now. I'm saying if you don't want to do a first dance, don't do a first dance. Next one. How soon should you hire a wedding planner? Ooh. Hmm. Just so people know, we don't pre-discuss the answers to these questions. So the, the conversation you have here here is our first time conversation on these things. I'm interested in your response to this, Ray. I'm going to say, I was just thinking, based on general inquiries, I would say that a majority of people think that they can plan their wedding themselves and then they realise how much is involved. So then they contact a planner. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that's what I would say is like 80% of inquiries. I think 20% of people know from the very beginning, I'm getting a planner because A, I've got a busy lifestyle, busy job, haven't got the time. We, well, I know that myself and Rebecca only do partial or full planning. So partial, we'll we'll kind of bring everything together that you you might have have a couple of um, suppliers in mind and you just need someone to come in and tie everything up and get it done or you have the full planning experience. However, other people do offer on-the-day coordination. So there's going to be a service out there that will suit you and what you are looking for. Um, Planners also offer supplier and venue searches if you just want someone to pull in the people that you need. I think it depends on what you want and also depends on your budget. Yeah, definitely. As a planner, I think this is a really difficult question to answer because ideally you want to be involved in the start from the very beginning because then you know all the conversations that have happened you know that nothing's gone gone under the radar that the caterer said or that the venue said when you booked it but it was said verbally and then you like you don't have all that drama because you're involved from the start so you know everything but the most common thing that I hear is I know what I want but I need someone to bring it all together like that's the most common thing that I get from people yeah so I completely agree with you maybe 80% of inquiries are maybe even higher than 80% of people Mm -hmm. who've like started it or they've maybe done a little bit here and there but haven't quite made a lot of progress I suppose the answer is whenever you need it but if you think that you might want a planner further down the line I would suggest that you contact them sooner rather than later yeah um but at the same time like there are lots of wedding planners around you will be able to find someone who will be able to help you regardless of what stage you're at yes exactly yeah you have on the day coordination some people just offer budget planning and even just administration like there there Mm. is going to be some someone out there who has the service that you require i do literally get like people that charge you by the hour yeah um for wedding planning like that literally will you send them a list of things to do and they give you a cost and mm. you like pay as you go yeah so there's lots of different options um but for me personally i would say try and find a planner as soon as you think you might want a planner yeah exactly yeah and and kind of always meet with them as well um Unless it's something with just administration, then you know from you know reviews or experience that this person is going to do it well. 
always meet with them um, because you might meet with someone and think, no, I don't think that they're, they're right for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and vice versa. It needs to work for both of you. So I would always say if there's someone in mind for maybe more full or partial, definitely meet, definitely have a com- uh, consultation. Yeah. In your opinion, is wedding insurance really necessary? We've spoken about this. We did. Um, yes. God, yes. Yes. Definitely do it. Yes. Do it. And slap on my wrist. I have not got my bloody wedding insurance. Have you still not got it? Oh, do you know what? It's just been a very busy couple of months. But now my life is in, in, in track. Like wedding yeah. planning life track. I am getting myself sorted. And definitely, definitely recommend wedding insurance to cover you. You don't need to have... Well, unless you're having a very expensive wedding, use your noodle. If you're having, if you're spending a lot of money, make sure you get the right amount of cover for you. But you can tend to get something for around a hundred to two hundred pounds that is going to cover quite a lot. So mm. do have a look at um, retailers online, cost comparison sites. People like Weddingshaw is who I think I'm going to be going with. Um, but we would we'll cover that more in um, Wedmin episode that we're going to do. Oh God, that'll be fun. Yeah, not not another wedding planning question mm. i'm trying to find a wedding planner do you have any tips on where to look what would you where would you advise people if it was your oh. friend hitched hitched directories guide yeah directories i think if, if you don't have anyone particular in mind first of all depends what, where you're getting married maybe look in the area that you're getting married if you're getting married in kent wedding planners in kent if you're getting married in hertfordshire blah blah, blah. see who kind of comes up in the list look at reviews and then you've got the directories such as Guides to Brides, Hitched. Um, there's the Five Star Wedding Directory if you've got kind of more of a bigger budget. Um, the Wedding Knot, Wire. Wedding Wire. There's loads of directories on there. And sometimes you tend to see the same type of people listed across them. Um, mm-hmm. So you might see a familiar name that you see quite a lot. Testimonials. Um, when you're on a website, have a look at testimonials if they have them on there. Ring mm-hmm. them, speak to them over the phone, get a vibe. Yeah, I think um, probably more now as well, Instagram. Like, you find a lot of wedding planners on Instagram and it's, uh, I suppose, a little bit controversial in that you have to pay to be on these directories. You do, yeah. And it's quite hard. I know, I completely understand what you just said about testimonials and looking at testimonials, but I'm in a position now where I've just put my profile on a lot of these directories Mm. and I'm not going to go and ask my previous brides to fill out a review on Wedding Wire and then another one yeah. on Guides for Brides and then another one on Hitch. Like, I'm not going to send them five links of reviews to do. Yeah. Like, I'm just not going to do that. So there is that bit about, like, sometimes you just have to give people a chance. People yeah. being me. People <laughs> uh, <laughs> being us. Yeah. And see if you actually have a connection with them and mm. if you like their style and you like what they do. The only thing with Instagram, I would say, is be careful that the pictures that they're posting are actually their pictures and they own that content and yeah. they're not just finding a picture on Pinterest and re- reposting it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so just like people always say in the caption if it's... Well, they should say in the caption if it's theirs. Um, you know about this. Say a thing. I do. Yeah, no, I think... There's there are a lot of planners who Instagram is more like an online portfolio. Some planners have a professional Instagram, some don't. And just be mindful that on Instagram, people do share other people's photos, and part can pass them off as their own or cleverly word it so it looks like their own. Um, so just be mindful of that. I would just say meet them, 
meet them face to face because then you'll be able to get more of an idea of their experience that way they can maybe bring more of a portfolio some people can't yeah. share all of their work for, such as myself I'm not allowed to share certain clients work because they want to keep it private so that could be another reason why they haven't got tons of photos so always speak to them and call them if you get a vibe from their site if you like their site or if you've been recommended them f- through somebody else ring them mm. speak to them I'd say recommendation them. is the best yeah the best recommendation yeah for sure and our final one for today. Mm-hmm. My table design feels really flat. Everything mm. is white because that's what the venue provides a standard. How can I liven it up a bit? Well, we touched on that briefly when we mentioned the tablescape, like mm. um, using coloured glassware, maybe changing the cutlery, um, hiring in some different cutlery. Um, it doesn't have to all just be done with flowers. There are different yeah. things that you can do. Um, venues provide a standard, but you can hire in items from other companies that are not too expensive so you could maybe even change adding the charger plate and you can get charger plates from like 90p from hireable companies um you can maybe change the napkin style um put a colored napkin on there um so you might think oh my god i can't afford a huge massive floral arrangement but you can add little little details in other thorns such as the cutlery, crockery, and even the glassware. Yeah, I completely agree. And like that would be my go-to would be the um, changing the colour of the napkin and change the colour of the water glass. Yeah. Um, just one of the glasses because it keeps it nice and cheap. Um, but things like stationery and stuff like that as well, you can get stationery that really pops, like a menu or your place cards. Yeah. If you're clever with that, you can get something that really pops off the table. And yes, all venues will give you a white tablecloth and white napkin as standard. But that doesn't mean you have to use it. Mm. Also, get different chairs. Yeah, I, I would say that chairs is a, is a huge thing on, on the way a, a room can look. Chairs are more expensive per chair. Usually range between, what, four pounds? Four pounds a chair? Would you say? Yeah, but you can get them for like two quid. Yeah, you can. There are. If you're in London, you're looking at more money. If you go outside, um, so there's a great company that I'm talking with at the moment called Crystal Hire, um, and the, they're fantastically priced um, and affordable, I would say. Um, and all you have to do is is just talk to people. There's a, a company called Wow Rentals that I've used recently and there they do a beautiful range of chairs um, and they're very, very cost-effective, including delivery and collection. My advice mm. would be that if you are using horrible items, try to use people, A, that are local to the venue to avoid you know expensive delivery and collection costs and also try to use one person for... For, yeah. cut, like, for, the, for the majority of the, of the items as well because multiple yeah. items, multiple deliveries... Yeah. Oh, sorry, multiple suppliers, and, multiple deliveries. <clears throat> yeah. Who are some good hire companies? White House Crockery are great for... White House um, are great. They're based in Manchester, I believe, but they come down to London quite a lot, so they tend to drop off points. Um, hmm. So so that, that can actually work out more, more cost-effective. I really like Classic Crockery. Yeah, they do some I lovely get a lot from stuff. Classic Crockery. I think they've got a reputation for being a bit expensive, but I don't find them expensive at all. Yeah, I I think that they have a a very different selection. Um, Yeah. I think that they have a lot more... 
uh, crockery. Uh, they have some beautiful stuff. They have a lot of vintage. They have a lot of um, cut crystal glassware. They have. I just think they have a great range. Their coloured glassware is really good, though. Like I'm looking mm. now, and this dusty pink goblet. It's eighty p. Like obviously, there's the on top of that, you'll get a washing charge, delivery and collection. Yeah. But it's still not going to be horrific. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely worth considering. Yeah, there's loads. Of, there's loads of companies. So. Um, speak to the venue as well and say who do they use because they may have a company that they they hire from um, that often deliver and collect from the venue so sometimes even the caterer can get that for you and have everything delivered and collected to them so they arrange all of that for Mm. you obviously you'll pay a little bit more money but it can just sometimes help with the organization so you don't have to worry about managing them yourselves yeah definitely speak to the caterer first yeah i think yeah caterer and venue first that was it for today. That was it for today. All the questions done. Yes. I think they were quite useful, those ones. Thank you for talking to me about suppliers and Q&A, Rebecca. You are welcome, Rihanna. Speak to you soon. Speak to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Wedding People podcast. As always, you can find us on Instagram at the Wedding People podcast, or you can email us at theweddingpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. We hope you can listen again to our next episode in two weeks' time.